everyone to this episode of the Women in Technology Spotlight. Today I have with me Sumita. She is the Director of Engineering at CarGurus and like myself she is also an I am Remarkable facilitator. I'm so happy to have you on this podcast with me Sumita. Hello. Hello uh, and Happy New Year. Thank you for having me. Um, this is wonderful to get started on a good foot in the new year meeting you Dr. Ranke. So thank you. Absolutely. Such a great start to the new year. So uh, Samita, uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you enjoy doing, where you live. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I am based out of Boston, Massachusetts, moved here to the US about 23 years ago. Seems almost like a different lifetime now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, have been working here, uh, did my master's and started working here, um, have worked in various industries, mainly like finance and insurance and health and currently working in the car industry, although I'm not a car person at all. So it's definitely a learning process. Um, and uh, currently, um, I have uh, an 18 month old daughter. Uh, she keeps uh, me and my husband super busy. So have been slacking a little bit on my usual hobbies. I do like to bike and read. Um, so we do try to squeeze some of those hobbies in when we can. Wow, that sounds like you have a lot on your plate. I mean, um, are you already back at work? I'm not sure how that works in the US because here in Austria, we stay at home for quite a while after having kids. So, Yeah, back at work um, after four months of maternity. Okay. Okay, so you are one busy woman, I think. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and, and talking about busy, you're the director of engineering at CarGurus. And even though you said you're not a car person, um, it sounds like a really, really interesting and important job. Tell me, what do you do as a director of engineering? Yeah, of course. Um, it is a very fun job because uh, you get to like um, look at problems um, at scale. I think that's one of the things that I enjoy most about my job is I get to work with people and I get to work with technologies at scale. Um, the people part is intriguing and interesting and speaks to my heart and the technology works to my brain. So I get the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of women enjoy working at that intersection of technology and, and people and not just the pure technology. I mean, of course, you can't uh, generalize, but I, I've met a lot of women who actually enjoy that. And tell me, so um, when you go into the office or work from home, I'm not sure how, how your situation is at the moment, but, but what does your day look like? Yep. So it is a hybrid situation. So I do go into office a couple of days a week. Um, so the days in the office are a little bit more different than the days at home. Uh, the days in the office consist of uh, a lot of one-on-ones, a lot of planning meetings, um, especially there is a lot of meetings with uh, product people as well, because um, I have a product partner and then I also personally manage a team myself and also manage two managers. So there is definitely an intersection of meeting with the, my peers as well as meeting with my reports as well and I also try to do skip level meetings and um, every month or so and um, I run a program at CarRose called OnRamp uh, which is essentially a way to increase diversity and inclusion 
right from the associate engineer level at Carver's. So there is a core core team which I meet with um, mm -hmm. every every week. We kind of plan. Oh, what are the partnerships we are trying to do? What are the roadmap look like? And um, it includes a six month um, like a ramp up program mm -hmm. uh, because the candidates who join the program are not uh, your typical candidates. They are slightly different, like the bootcamp candidates, people who have made career switches. Um, so we want to encourage this sort of underrepresented groups representation at Carver's, mm -hmm. and this is an opportunity to do that. Sorry, that was a long-winded answer. No, right? that's actually really, really interesting. I'm really interested in that part um, of your job, really, because what we're seeing in Austria as well is the scarcity of talent. And I think um, what we're all looking at now is these people from non-traditional backgrounds. And I would really be interested in talking to you about what it entails to bring people like that on board and what you have to, to you know, prepare for when, when you hire outside of, your, you know, your typical routes. Yes, absolutely. Um, it involves a lot of planning, first mm -hmm. and foremost, and it also involves a lot of cooperation and being on the same page with uh, talent acquisition, recruiting, engineering, and also being honest about which teams need help. Um, especially in uh, this kind of labor market, it's kind of hard to like uh, give as many opportunities as we would in a year where the market is amazing. So. This year, we took a hard look at which teams actually wanted people. And uh, hiring in general has been hard this market. So even in this market, we are bringing in eight on-rampers, as we call them, mm -hmm. this year. So it involves um, looking into the Boston community, which is the area we live in. I think it's super important to hire people who are representative of the community you live in. So we partner with uh, community colleges. We partner with um, boot camp organizers in the Boston area. And um, also we go to like hiring events in colleges and try and meet with people, spread the word, mm -hmm. um, go to podcasts. So mm -hmm. this is kind of our way of uh, bringing people into the fold of cargoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so important, and especially to create more diversity in tech. And speaking of diversity, you're a woman and you are director of engineering, which is not common. And we both are aware of that, right? So um, tell me, how, 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 did, how did you make it? <laughs> um, it was definitely a hard journey. Um, and part of it is also being aware that it's going to be a different path for someone who looks like me, this is someone who doesn't look like me. Um, I said, I'm a woman, I'm a person of color. I'm, I'm not from here. So I, I do have a lot more roadblocks than someone else who doesn't have these exact characteristics. So being aware of that and kind of seeing what can I do to stand out? Um, this is one of the things that made me, uh, I am remarkable facilitator because I struggled with speaking up for myself for many, many, many years of my life. Um, after I fixed that problem, I was able to move at a much faster rate and also not settling for less. If I see that I am worth more and I'm not getting it, I would use my head and move on as opposed to being tied to, oh, my heart says, I've been in this place for 10 years. So let me just be here. That's not it. Yeah. 
I can totally relate to that. The one thing is it's very hard for many women to speak up, you know, and, and ask for what they want and, and also, you know, just self-promote in the way that a lot of men are capable of. It's doubly difficult for women of color. And in your case, also being an immigrant, there's this additional, you know, a, a aspect of that. And I also feel that um, what we often do is we we feel we have to be grateful for what we already have. And that's why maybe we won't ask for more when we should. Yes. And um, yeah, so I can totally relate to that. And, and I love that you are doing the I Am Remarkable thing, because I think it's so important to teach not just women, but everyone who's from an underrepresented community, um, how to speak up and ask for more, especially if they're not getting what they're worth. So absolutely, yeah. And yeah. kudos to you, obviously, I mean, and, and I think people who are in a different situation are not quite aware of what it means, you know, to overcome all these roadblocks. So great I, I just love you. seeing seeing you in that position and and doing what you're doing and obviously also representing um for other women um tell me a little bit more about um why you personally for example think it's so important to have diversity in tech yeah absolutely i think it's super important in a um, couple of things um number one it's personal for me um I, uh, our 18 month old is a daughter and I want her to not be breaking glass ceilings. I want it to be broken already for her. There should be no glass ceiling. She should know that um, she can be the next Kamala Harris mm -hmm. uh, if she wants to be. So I want her to have that option in life. I want her to dream big. So mm -hmm. part of it is fully selfish. I want her to succeed. I wanted to make it easier for her. And um, secondly, I want to increase more representation in tech. I wanted to be, I walk into a room and not be the only director in the room who's a woman. Um, this should become more common. Uh, and mm -hmm. I think that if you have more introspecting perspective in a meeting or even in any industry, it increases the innovation. You think differently, you ask different questions. And um, you also are able to question the status quo. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So and while you were telling me this, and I absolutely agree because this is also my perspective, um, I was wondering, how did you actually decide to go into tech? Because um, obviously um, it's not the, the most common path for women, at least not in the Western hemisphere. And um, the other thing is, we often lack the role models in our families to, to make us interested in the topic. So, so how, how did you start out? Yeah. So when I was in high school, I had a couple of courses and I really enjoyed them. Um, mm -hmm. And at that point in my, when I graduated high school, I had the option of like, oh, I really like English literature and I really like programming. What can I do? And so uh, my dad is a petroleum engineer and mm -hmm. he's pragmatic to the bone. So sat me down and kind of told me that one will help you support your family, other might not choose. So that's he a good of, point. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I took that to heart and decided that, oh, I need you need to be a strong independent woman, being able to financially provide for your family and mm -hmm. make the right decision is kind of what he said. Yeah. Um, at that point, I took my cue. 
<laughs> you know, you actually touched on a very important topic and that's money. And that's also one of the reasons why I try to bring more women into the field, because we all know that there is a disparity in wealth distribution between men and women. And I think one of the steps we have to take is bring women into the better paid field. And tech is definitely one of them. So yes, your dad is a wise man. <laughs> yeah, definitely put some sense into me that day. So yeah. So um, when you came from from India to you are from India, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just yeah. making assumptions here. Um, uh, from India to to the US, um, what was that like for you? Because you said you finished your master's here, so you went to university and then you went into the job market, and obviously. I'm not sure if you had family here or you had to make new friends and build a new community. I'm not sure. What was it like? It was very hard. Um, uh, it was very hard. The first two years of life um, were brutal in some sense. Mm -hmm. um, when I came to the US, I actually had intended on studying biomedical engineering, which is mm -hmm. uh, intersection of tech and biology. Mm -hmm. uh, but I realized I hated it. So... I, after one semester, I switched back mm -hmm. to pure computer science. Um, so the first six months were just additional pain uh, mm -hmm. because I knew I did not like what I was studying and had to take a step back. So it was a huge hit to like um, self-esteem mm -hmm. um, because you had made a wrong choice and you had essentially wasted a semester fees, which is a lot of money for a student. Um, so... Uh, it was definitely a setback, but I realized it soon enough and course corrected and moved on. And then I knew that I was in the right place. Um, and it was very hard because uh, I did not have, um, my mom and dad did not live here, um, had to make new friends all over again. Um, and also like make a life for myself. Um, I often tell people like the biggest career hack you can ever do is finding the right support system, be it friends, or a partner who supports your dreams and having family who supports you. That's the biggest career hack you can ever do. If you have that in place, then you can follow the rest. That's actually such a good point. And my question would have been um, how you actually manage to, you know, to, to overcome these obstacles and what, helped you do that and I obviously see that you you're very resilient but you already mentioned networks and I think that's such an important thing to understand how important networks are and support when you're trying to make a career especially if you go into a different country or you know in, in a field where there are a lot of people who are not like you so I think um are you also part of of some kind of women networks women in tech networks I am um, I am a part of the leadership team at Women Who Code Boston, which is like a meetup group. Um, so we have, uh, we organize events, uh, make sure that we kind of catch up uh, women in technology with the right tools they need mm -hmm. to succeed, the right paths they can choose, the right people they can connect with. Um, so it's important and Boston tech field is really small. So it's important to actually make connections, make friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm still friends with my product managers from like a decade ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so it helps that we are all growing and still keeping those connections and catching up each other about like, hey, this is happening in my company. Is this something that's happening in yours? Or I'm interviewing for this job. Do you think it's a good offer? 
So being able to form that connections, especially early on in your career is awesome. Absolutely. And actually that brings me to a question I was mulling in my head. So you're in, on, on the East Coast, right? Yes. And most of tech is on the West Coast. I mean, I know there obviously there's some stuff in Seattle as well, but um, have you ever considered, I mean, because this is a very specific field, have you ever considered going to the West Coast or is, what is the difference between East Coast and West Coast? <laughs> I think the West Coast would be okay. It's my husband um, works in the biotech field and mm -hmm. Boston is like the hub for the biotech. Oh, so okay. if we would move, we would have to like consider two carriers to fix. Mm -hmm. Um and also the West Coast is way more expensive than the East Coast. Oh, okay. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah. Like, it depends if you live in, like, San Francisco, for example. Mm -hmm. um, whereas Boston and San Francisco, there is definitely differences in real estate. Oh, okay. I understand. Yeah. Of course, those are also aspects to consider if you have a family, you know, yes. and, and, and someone who has a career as well. So how do you navigate it? And that's actually an interesting thing. It used to be that men had the career and they would just take their wives with them. <laughs> so luckily the world has changed and yeah, now um, both careers have to be considered. So um, looking back and, and at this interesting and, and, um, actually great career that you built what did you learn what is a tip you would give to a young woman starting out in the field what is it what you would say to her um I would say don't settle for less mm -hmm. um if you think that um oh I've been uh, it's okay uh the job that I'm in is just okay don't settle for it um and um make sure that you take risks in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, I think the maximum learning that I've ever had in my career was joining a startup. Um, okay. So taking that big risks on yourself uh, is, is important because no one else will if you don't. Make that investment in yourself. Thank you for that uh, that advice. And usually I end my my uh, interviews here, but I'm actually really intrigued. So you said the biggest learning you had was start joining a startup. Tell me a little bit about that. I have to know. <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course. Um, so this was a startup with, um, I was the second engineering hire uh, mm -hmm. in Boston and um, it was building something from scratch. Uh, it was essentially, we had an old product that the company had acquired. And uh, we were essentially rewriting that in, in the new tech stack. Um, it was new. So I got to like uh, be a mentor. I got to be a manager there. I got to lead a team there. And my career just grew progressively. Mm -hmm. uh, like in a, a year and a half that I was there, I was a founding engineer. I was able to build a team from scratch. I was able to hire people. I was able to mentor, teach, become a manager. So all these things um, were uh, first for me mm -hmm. and such a good learning experience. It mm -hmm. was hard work. There was many hours, probably 60 plus hours for a year and a half, but worth it, mm -hmm. I would say. Absolutely. I understand. I think uh, what you're saying is that you had this chance to test out a lot of things at the same time that you wouldn't have had in a more conventional um, organization because, you know, when you're in a startup, there's all these balls in the air and you can just catch whatever you want and just try stuff out, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, absolutely. And I love taking that back to, to your advice at taking risks. Um, I think 
this is this is what a lot of people have to understand, especially women, that taking a risk will always allow you growth. You know, so um, when you take a risk and you go into a new situation, you will grow and you will have additional opportunities. And I think that's what happened when you joined the startup, right? Yes, absolutely. So Sumita, thank you so much uh, for telling me about your story and, and about um, how you built your career in tech. Um, it has been a pleasure talking to you. And thank you for yeah, having me. I wish you a wonderful 2023 and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, thank you. Thanks. <laughs>